0: Everybody. You're listening to The Big Game. I'm your host, Justin Hargett. This week on the show, we're going to talk about the biggest game of the week, undeniably so, the Ohio State Buckeyes versus the University of Oregon, Oregon University, I don't know, the Fighting Ducks, in the first ever college football playoff championship game. I decided to call up my friend, Josh Landon. Michigan State alumnus uh, and big college football fan. I talk about it a bit on the podcast, but uh, I'm not the biggest college football fan. I pretty much just root for my alma mater, Ohio University, and they never really do that well, so it's not that exciting to watch. However, watching the championship game was was really a thrilling event. Uh, I know I have a, a little bit of a hometown connection to Ohio State, but I tried not to let that interfere too much. And Oregon's a fun team to watch too. I don't know where you guys watch the game, but I had a hell of a time trying trying to get a hold of it. Uh, just flew out to California to move permanently, and uh, just so happened that the game corresponded exactly to the flight across the country. And fortunately, JetBlue carries it. Well, you know, ESPN. So, I watched about half the game on the flight. It was interesting to look around to all the, you know, you could see the, the TV heads, the TVs and all the headsets that, that everybody has. And, and, you know, it was a big game and you, and you could feel that ESPN was really pushing it. And, but I only saw maybe like five or six people on the flight that really, you know, seemed to care or leave it on or wasn't watching a Food Network cooking show. But despite that, it was a damn good game. Now let's go to the conversation with Josh. Hey, Josh, thanks for coming on The Big Game. Sure, no problem.
1: Happy to, happy to be on.
0: Yeah, I mean, this week, you know, is it, kind of the reason I started the podcast, because undeniably, the big game of the week was Oregon versus Ohio State in the first ever college football playoff championship. Right. This, this means
1: you did not watch Leicester-Aston uh, Villa over the weekend, the other other big
0: game. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I didn't catch that uh, specific Premier League match this week. So, college football fans have been calling for this playoff for like a really, really long time. It's got huge hype from ESPN. I think they spent like eight billion dollars to carry it for twelve years. You know, they put the entire broadcast across all like four of their networks, including you know ESPN News, ESPN U, ESPN Two. It's showing like some really kind of strange and random coverage of the game. I was on an airplane, so I kind of just like kept flipping between them to see what happened. But I would only flip. Mm-hmm during the commercials, but they synced up all the commercials, so it was really a letdown and I was like, why why would anyone ever change the channel from the the game? But that's besides the point. Uh, and so yeah. the, the storylines in this game were were I think like the stuff of great fiction. You've got Oregon's Heisman winning quarterback versus Ohio State's third string quarterback in just his third game. You've got an old institution versus a pretty new one, and you've got two damn good mascots. So did this game live up to the hype? Did it settle the desire for a playoff system in college football?
1: Uh, I, I really don't know how you could say uh, that it, that it, that it didn't. Um, I mean, certainly, I mean, the way it would have worked out, you know, had this been a normal year, you know, had this been last year, uh, it would have been uh, Florida state versus uh, Alabama in the final. Uh, almost, almost certainly there. I, I can't imagine a undefeated Florida state team, not making the uh, championship game and, uh, Alabama is an sec team and sec teams always make the championship game as we know, uh, or, you know, the final, you know, pro- they'll probably always be an sec sec team in the final four. I, I can't imagine a year when they wouldn't make it. Uh, so I think that you know, the fact that you had a couple of teams, you know, a team from the pac 12 and a team from the uh, big 10 that, that made the final, um, you know, it's, it, I think it really changed uh, the perception of college football in general. And, um, you know, I think, um, I don't know I mean you know it's I, I sort of I so I went to a big Ten school I went to Michigan State um, so this was actually sort of a unique position watching this game because Michigan State uh, the you know final AP poll came out today and they finished uh, fifth in the country and uh, they lost exactly two games all year uh, the first game was to um, was to Oregon and the second game was to Ohio State so I was you know more than familiar with both of these teams and um, you know so I, I you know I think it was I feel like I'm getting away from your original question, but yeah, I think it did live up to the hype. I mean, it was uh, you know, it was pretty pretty interesting tactical game. Um, I thought that uh, you know, it was pretty tight until um, really until Oregon decided to punt with uh, about eight minutes left, which seems like a it seemed like there they, was really a suicidal move because um, they just had not been able to stop Ohio State the whole game. You know, so for, for what for 52 minutes, it was a really exciting game. That seems pretty good to me.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I want to jump into you know the the Michigan thing in just a second because you know for me, it's it's I'm from Ohio. I'm from a small town that you know has a rich uh, and you know uh, a rich and controversial history with with uh, high school football. And you know, almost all of the kids in my class went to Ohio State. So like for me to see them portrayed as the underdog in this game was just really surreal. So uh, for you, somebody that you know went to Michigan State uh, is a huge college football fan. And you know, has watched uh, both of these teams destroy your alma mater this season, or destroy your <laughs> alma mater's hopes of of you know a bigger uh, bowl game. Uh, you know, how sure. how did you watch it? How could you stand watching it?
1: It, it was not easy. Uh, it was um, you know, I, I, it was one of those games where um, this is actually a problem I had. Uh, I, I used to get, I used to be really into the NBA, and um, the, the, and maybe I'm starting to get a little more into it again. Uh, mostly because, of, because Grantland covers it so much that if you don't like the NBA, you just shouldn't follow the Grantland website. Uh, but, you know, I think with with the NBA, it got to the point where I was so into um, so into the league that I like built up all this hatred for all of these teams. Because um, all of them had played and defeated uh, the Detroit Pistons at some point, which is the team I wrote <laughs> for the NBA. Uh, so you, as I've gotten more and more into college football in the last five years or so, it's, it's kind of the same thing where I basically hate every team. Uh, and I sort of have to watch a lot of these games and then decide as the game progresses which side I'm rooting for. I'm not who are rooting for? I, yeah, I, I realize that there are some intellectual people out there who are able to just watch a game and not root for one team or the other, but I am not one of these people. Yeah, I I'm, need not, I'm a... not
0: really either. I, you know, I don't particularly care for Ohio State. I kind of think you have to root for your alma mater or kind of maybe you live in a town that has a college football team in it or something, so I'm strictly Ohio University, and I could – Really care how Ohio State does, you know, nine times out of ten. But I did find myself right. watching this game, and because they were under the underdog, I was kind of buying into that, and then I was kind of buying into this hometown mentality. And I was, like, yeah. pulling for the third-string quarterback. There was just – they had so much narrative on their side. It was it was really hard for me to kind of not root for them, um, even though I was trying to be a, a little bit, you know, not not quite so biased.
1: Yeah, it was it was actually a little more complicated for me, too, because my wife went to the University of Florida. Uh, so she hates uh, Urban Meyer the team of years ago. So there's really just a lot of a lot of anger, a lot of, uh, you know, I watched it with plenty. Of, no, I, I don't know. It was it was fine. It was I, I, I was kind of rooting for Oregon, to be honest. Uh, I like um, I like Marcus Mariota. He seems like a smart guy. Seems like a nice guy. Uh, and as the game progressed, and you know, it seemed pretty. Like, it was actually what was interesting about this game was, um, within a quarter, I mean, you really, really knew that Oregon was was overmatched, and um, you know, I, you know, whether that was, um, I mean, I, tactically, if nothing else, I mean, it seems like Urban Meyer really knew how to play them, and um, you know, I was reading something this morning that said that, uh, you know, basically what they what they realized was uh, Marietta Marcus Mariota, the the Oregon quarterback. Um, does not play well when he doesn't have the safety valve of of running. You know when he can't mm-hmm. either either get out of the pocket and and sort of make a throw in the run or you know get ten yards with his legs. And they really they you know they crammed him into the pocket and forced him to make decisions. You know within that very tight window, and um, and he kind of wasn't able to do it. And so you know I think it's really I, you know it'd be interesting to see what happens to him in the NFL draft. Um, you know, I, I think it's, it's usually foolish, I think, to read too much into, um, uh, how a player plays in any particular game. And, you know, I think the NFL people in general are like, oh, it doesn't matter anyways because our system will be totally different. And so, so who knows, but, um, I mean, I don't know about you, but I wasn't like blown away by Mariota in this game.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I hadn't watched, I think a, almost a single college football game that wasn't an Ohio university game all season. Uh, so I was kind of coming from this, you know, really, really fresh and raw, and I yeah. was definitely molded by all of the uh, <clears throat> the machine that ESPN was kind of feeding you, like like the the narrative that they wanted you to have about each, you know, the, the quarterbacks and, and the coaches. And I, I was kind of just like buying into all of it. Um, so I'm kind of like coming from a pretty naive standpoint on that. And you know, at first the game, like you know, the first five minutes of the game, it, it lived up to that hype. It was Oregon came out, they they just right ran down the field like at will and just looked so good but Ohio State just looked a little more traditional they just looked like they could do a little bit of everything really well and mm-hmm. as fast as Oregon wanted to play they couldn't like if they, if they didn't go up by like 21 points really quickly and just kind of like knock Ohio State out uh, it seemed like you know it would be you know a quick uh, touchdown or a really quick punt and those like quick punts left their defense really vulnerable for pretty much the entire game. And Ohio state just seemed built to like make those really long drives, those really long possessions that just ate up the clock. Um, and, and I think that first, the first quarter, the first half, um, like you said, it, it, Ohio state just looked like the better team.
1: Yeah. I mean, that, that, you know, which is pretty much what happened when uh, Michigan state played Ohio state, uh, you know, it was near the end of the season. Both teams were defeated in the big 10. Um, and the game was in East Lansing, so um, I actually, you know, I felt pretty confident about the game. Uh, it was actually that was the night of. Uh, well, sorry, uh, <laughs> a mutual friend of ours was married. You and I were both at that wedding that night. <laughs> That's right. So you, you,
0: you can mention his name. Good old man.
1: Uh, I, I was obsessively trying. I would I would run to the bathroom every 30 minutes or so and, and check the game and sort of <laughs> uh, surreptitiously on my phone. Uh-huh. Uh, but um, well, he, he's going to yeah. know that now. Yeah, exactly. And that game, uh, that was that game was all about uh, JT Barrett, who is was the um, the second string Ohio State quarterback, who uh, was phenomenal all year. And you know, of course, uh, Cardell Jones uh, replaced JT Barrett when he went down. So you know, it's, I mean, the fact that Ohio State was so dominant with their third string quarterback is kind of incredible. I mean, you know, it really speaks to um, you know what we were saying earlier about Urban Meyer being a you know, just his system is phenomenal. And um, and you know. I, I may have to rethink my idea that you know, like I sort of have this idea that the um, the the NCAA football is a little bit like NCAA basketball, where you can have a guy like um, like Shabiz Napier, who played for uh, U- UConn and led them to the national championship last year, basically on the strength of his personality, uh, you know, which which happens a lot in college basketball. You basically have one guy, typically a point guard, who just he just, you know, whether it's, like, you know, guts or, or will or he just, like, can't stop shooting three-pointers or whatever, you know, can just win a championship on his own. And um, I used to think that you could do that in college football, too, um, that, you know, a guy like Marietta was so talented that he would just win the game himself. And um, I don't know. I mean, it, it seems like that sort of wasn't true in this case. And, you know, maybe maybe it's never been true. I mean, you know, Peyton Manning was never able to win a national championship when he was at uh, Tennessee, you know. So, um I don't know. I mean, you, do, you do need the system, I suppose.
0: Yeah, it seemed this yeah. game seemed to me like two play like the two coaches were just playing chess with each other, and Urban Meyer always had an answer or for whatever uh, the Oregon coach was was offering. And forgive me for not remembering his name, but I only learned it yesterday and I've already forgotten it, and I probably won't remember it until you know this time next year. Uh, yeah. But it just seemed like Ohio State was just so much more solid as just all around and like they very easily could have uh you know I mean they turned the ball over four times but they still recovered from it I think because their general play was just overall better than Oregon's and Oregon couldn't overcome the dropped passes that probably could have you know sealed a couple of touchdowns uh the penalties that kept pushing them further and further back I think there was a point maybe early in the fourth quarter when Oregon still had a chance and then it was like second and 27 just because of penalties and like (laughs) <laughs> so, so somehow urban Meyer has like molded this team molded these quarterbacks to just kind of like fit into his system and he's going to call the plays and he's going to call the right play. That's going to lead to the yeah. points.
1: Yeah. I mean that, that team was just, they, they were so well-prepared and you know, I, I guess it's a, it's really a, it's a victory for, for recruiting too. I mean, that, you know, Ohio state just recruits so well. And I, you know, I think they really had superior depth. So, I mean, you know, they were just able to pull out, you know, some waves of defenders, waves of speed, you know, waves of running backs. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, you know, I, I, or, I mean, now that Oregon is necessarily, you know, that far behind in recruiting, but I, I don't think they're able to like, match them in terms of just, you know, just like speed on top of speed, you know, strength on top of strength. It, yeah, I don't know. It was um, I mean, to be honest. You know the Ohio State team is kind of a. I mean, they have so they have this guy uh, Joey Bosa who's on their defense, who's incredible, is going to be a top ten pick one day. Uh, Cardell Jones apparently is uh, the NFL is you know there, there's some rumors that he is, he's being courted already. Uh, but in general, I mean, you you really couldn't name anybody on that team. I mean, it's not like it's um it's not a team of stars. You know, it's not not even like the Alabama team, which had. You know, first round talent. You know, like like recognizable names uh, from wide receiver. You know, through the defense. Um, you know, a lot of people said that Ohio State kind of won this won this game ahead of schedule. Um, <laughs> that you know, it's really it's a team of first and second year players uh, who are just so talented that um, that they just kind of you, know, you know talent plus a great coach is enough.
0: I think. Yeah, well, that's what was so much fun for me to watch the game is, you know, I, I didn't really know who any of these players were, um, and I haven't really enjoyed watching an NFL game in, in quite a while, um, but this, I was just kind of like hooked from the beginning. Um, you yeah. know, I didn't think Ohio State was going to run away with it. I thought there was going to be a point maybe in the third quarter, and, and, I, and I think there was where they, they were going to slip a little bit, and uh, Cardell Jones had that fumble that led to the field goal that brought it within one, and I thought it was going to get, you know, pretty interesting for a while, but but I was just kind of just... Overall, like th- thrilled by this game. I thought it was a really great um, cap to the college football season. And as kind of like a, you know, fair weather college football fan, it, it really did it for me.
1: Yeah. I mean, Ohio State, everything they could to keep Oregon in the game. And I think there were four turnovers. It was like kind of incredible. Like, every, like it was like four turnovers, like four different ways. There was like, <laughs> yeah, the, bobbled ball. caught by the defender, the like weird phantom throw that Jones mm-hmm. kind of at the end. Uh yeah, I, I thought a little bit of the hype, too. I mean, I guess, um, uh, you know, I suppose the uh, Ohio State-Alabama game was even better. Uh, I don't know if right. you watched that one on uh, New Year's Day. Uh, in many ways, it seemed like those were probably
0: two, the two best teams um, this year. Who was your yeah. Who was your standout player of the game? Uh, and maybe also your play of the game.
1: Well, um, that, that, that's interesting. I, I guess um, the play that's, that sticks with me, actually, well, maybe a, a couple plays, Uh first one was um, Cardale Jones. Uh, they, went for the, they went for it on, um, in the fourth quarter, maybe early in the fourth quarter. Um, Ohio State was up maybe seven, I think seven or 11 points. I can't remember how many they were up at, the, at that point. They were up, though. Mm. And they really aggressively went for it on fourth and two in Oregon territory. They're on, like the 45-yard line. And, uh, or no, excuse me, in their own territory, right? So if Oregon got the ball back, they'd have the ball at the 45. Right. And, um, right. They uh, they went for it and uh, it was you know, direct run from the quarterback, uh, Cardinal Jones, and he like went in like saw there was nothing like ran back out. And then, like, ran to the sideline and just just jumped over like whoever the safety was, or if it was to cover them. And it just, it was like he like just, it just leaped over him for like three and a half yards. And um, at that moment, it was just like, okay, like this game is over. Like, there's just no there's no dealing with Ohio State's strength. Is, Oregon cannot match them.
0: Yeah, he looked and, like uh, he was just gonna boss people around when he wanted to. And there were a couple points where, like, he was trying to get you know one yard, two yards for a first down, and he would just hit a guy and just keep going and they just couldn't bring him down.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, and I guess the other play of the game was, um, Oregon was down, I think 11 points. Uh, no, no, they were down 15 points with um, about eight, eight minutes left. And uh, you mentioned this play earlier, actually, it was this great. Like everything went wrong. It was like penalty after penalty, after penalty. And then, you know, I think it was like third and 25 and they got maybe 18 yards on the throw and you know they didn't go for it on fourth down and seven, and um, which is like a, you know like it's really aggressive. Like if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But they had like absolutely proven that they could not stop Ohio State. So I think in that situation, you just have to you just have to go for it and trust your Heisman winning quarterback to find a way to get seven yards. You yeah. know, like pull out some crazy like Statue of Liberty play, like do something <laughs> insane and find a way to get those seven yards. Uh, because as it happened, they punted and Ohio State. Just drove down. They could not stop them. Yeah, they couldn't. And yeah, uh, yeah and then they scored a you know an FU touchdown with you know like a minute left
0: in the game. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, I don't know if this was the play of the game for me, but I think it was definitely the turning point and kind of in my opinion of kind of how just the game was going and kind of where the momentum was and and who could kind of make something happen when they really needed it. And it was in the second quarter when uh, Oregon was you know like in the red zone. Like I think within on the five yard line or something like that. And it was uh, fourth and goal, and they decided to go for it, and they just get stuffed. And, like, for me, that was a point. And then, and then right after that, I think Ohio State worked out of, you know, that kind of terrible field position and, and marched all the way back down the field. But it was yeah. just, for me, it was just such a big moment that Oregon needed this. They at least needed points. They You know, they probably should have taken the field goal. Um, but I think it's just, you know, like, their their idea yeah. of this this go for it, go for it, go for it, or, or use the... Uh, the the chance to to get the big score while you're here, but it just totally backfired. It's
1: such a tough situation to be in. I mean, you know, if if you set up for three with a Heisman winning quarterback and fourth and one, it seems so wimpy, (laughs) you know, and it it really, it feels like a victory for, uh, for Ohio state that they held you. Um, If you get the touchdown, then, you know, all of a sudden you're going into halftime and it's a three point game or whatever it was. Um, And you know, and you know, and if you get, but but if you get stopped, you know, it's it's so devastating. You know, it's really a, you know, really tricky situation. Um,
0: It seemed like such a cocky call to me. Like I think maybe I'm just a little more conservative when it comes to, to sports. And I'm like, you take the points. You take the points when you can get them because you don't know when you're going to get back down there. And they must have been thinking like, oh, you know, third quarter we're just going to get down there again, and they did. And you know, they could hit a 70 yard pass, but yeah, if if they'd had that field goal, that would have helped them a lot more later on.
1: I'm, in, I'm of the Bill Belichick school of just, like, you go for it, like, at every fourth down. Like, you just all, you always, always go for go more for points. It. Yeah, turn around the score. Uh, you know, he, I don't know. Like, I, I, it just does not seem like, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it seems like being less conservative typically plays in your favor. Uh, although, obviously, in this case, it did right. backfire like, like, hilariously, you know, disastrously.
0: All right. Well, so here, here's the big question, though. So yeah. what did you think of Ezekiel Elliott's half-shirt? Personally, I thought it was a great imitation of Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, <laughs> but I I, what did you think?
1: I, I love it, Tim. I don't know if you ever, uh, if you're at the gym, if you ever watch, like, throwback ESPN classic games or, like, the, <laughs> yeah. anything like that. It's like, I don't remember, like, the Doug Flutie to the, the the Flutie to Thelon catch for Boston College in the 80s. Like, it was, like, one midriff to another, you know? It was, like like, you could see, like... You can almost see their nipples. like there was there's almost no coverage at all. Uh, and I love that kind of throwback look. It, it, it's kind of awesome. Like I mean, it, it, it's actually very similar to what they're doing in the Premier League right now, where like the shirts are so tight that you can see like like you can tell like what they had for lunch that day, like <laughs> grapes. <laughs> so, he has grapes. Yeah, exactly., uh, so um oh, I thought it was awesome. I loved it. And okay. I also yeah, I know, one, one thing I was gonna mention earlier, I, in general, I am not a fan of the indoor stadium final. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something about like you can't do any cool aerial shots. There's no, you know, like the Rose Bowl <laughs> no always fireworks. the best. Yeah, no fire. The Rose Bowl always the best bowl because you can see the Rose Bowl and the parade happens beforehand, and you get these great aerial shots. And it's beautiful, Southern California. Uh, but in the stadium, the one thing you do get is an awesome ticker tape parade when the game is over. And uh, I have to admit, I was in love with how much ticker fell down from the
0: stands. Yeah, except, like, the black and gold look on, like, the championship shirts and then the gold confetti was just a little jarring. It didn't, like, you know, give me some red, white, and blue. Just give me some, like, all-American, like, fun confetti.
1: I also was not a big fan of the Oregon uniforms. I hated the the white uniform with with whatever they were doing was awful
0: yeah it it wasn't very memorable and oregon played not a very memorable game so i think that's uh it's pretty definitive statement on that yeah (laughs) Uh, so i'm so you know two questions here do you think oregon can win a championship with this style of play and do you think ohio state can repeat next season
1: i would answer uh yes to both uh I, yeah, I think you can with this style of play. It's actually very similar to the style of play that uh, Auburn ran uh, last year uh, when they... Um when they made the championship game and lost to Florida State, uh, you know, super fast, super aggressive. I mean, Baylor almost made the playoffs as well, and uh, they have a very similar style of offense. So, I, I, you know, I think it's possible. Um, I don't really know what they're going to look like next year because they, they do lose Marietta. Um, what's interesting to me as a Michigan State fan is Oregon actually comes to um, East Lansing, uh, second game of the season next year to play uh, Michigan State. It's the second game of a home-and-home series with them. So um, that both teams will probably be in the top, like, five or six. So that should be a phenomenal game. Uh, so I will, I will be able to tell you more in, in, in eight months. Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, Ohio State, oh, for sure. I, they have to be the, the runaway favorites uh, for next year. I mean, along with, uh, with Alabama and, um, I don't know, all the usual suspects, right?
0: Yeah. Well, so are you, are you proud of the Big Ten? I mean, does the college football playoff, like, signal – like the end of S- the SEC's stranglehold on on the you know the old BCS style championship. Key.
1: Yeah, I mean, y- I, you'd like to think so. I mean, you know, it's hard to say, really. I mean, you know, ESPN just you know, started the SEC network this year, so I mean, you know, to a certain degree, they have absolutely no interest in not um, in not pushing the SEC as hard as they can every year. Um, you know, that said, uh, you know, I mean, uh, the SEC is, I mean, despite, you know, them, the SEC West going, you know, what is it, like the top five teams went over 5 in the, in the bowl games. It's obviously a great conference. Uh, they won every single game they played in the, um, you know, sort of the, the first third of the season when you play your out-of-conference games. Um, you know, so, and they've also, they've beat a ton of teams in previous bull years. So, I mean, do I think they're going away at all? Not really. Um, and, you know, I think that that's fine for everybody. I mean, I, I don't think... You know, some of the lowest-rated bowl games in, in earlier years have been times when two SEC teams play each other in the final. You know, like the um, I think it was like an LSU Alabama bowl game a few years ago, and it was one of the lowest-rated lowest-rated championship games ever because it's actually more fun to see the SEC play. You know, a Pac-10 team or a Big Ten team or whatever, just to kind of see how the conferences match up, which is really a you know another reason that the. Um, um, you know, that the, uh, the four-team playoff system is perfect. And by the way, I think four teams is perfect.
0: Yeah, that's what I was uh, just going to ask you.
1: Yeah, I just, you know, to me, I mean, part of it is like you just, like, how far do you want to get away from the actual academic, you know, like how corporate do you want the college football to get? I mean, you already you have the NFL already. Like, and this idea that these guys are now just going to be taking, like, what, like a month and a half off to play bowl games? I mean, it, it really doesn't seem... Uh, you know, I don't know. It, it seems really corporate to me. Yeah,
0: I don't think this needs to become the the March Madness of college football. I think four teams, it kind of, it really added a great uh, a great story yeah. to the bowl season. Um, and I think they've got it right now and they should just roll on that. Uh, yeah. We probably shouldn't get too far into the to the politics discussion of college football, or I think I might get, you know, fairly uh, not jovial <laughs> and fun. Uh, I, so- could, I could talk
1: about Three. I, I can talk for the next
0: three days. <laughs> yeah. Same it. here. Same here. We'll save that for a future big game. Okay. All right. Uh, thanks, Josh. It was great having you on. Yeah. No problem. Thank you. All right. All right thanks for listening to the big game. This is episode three. Uh, hopefully, we we'll keep bringing these to you each and every week. You can, uh, however, you got to this. I don't know, but you can listen to it on iTunes. And as of this week, you can also listen to it on Stitcher Radio. And if you like what you hear, I hope you'll leave us a review. See you next week on The Big Game. Thanks.